Catchdall is a renowned celebrity trainer. He's got a philosophy based on accountability, education, and dedication. He's the author of Just Your Type, the ultimate guide for eating and training right for your body. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you so much for having me, George. I appreciate it. Yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, more about your work, and why you do what you do. You got it. Um, yeah, so I'm a personal trainer, nutritionist, kind of all around uh, health, nutrition, wellness guy. I keep adding to the certifications, actively uh, starting a PhD here soon. Just the pursuit of of human happiness and health is kind of inescapable. I had leukemia as a kid from age three to eight. So uh, I could tell you about methotrexate and chemo and lumbar punctures when I was a little kid. And just in my whole mind, I was going to be a doctor forever. And then... Uh, unfortunately lost my father to a different cancer when I was 11. And so my whole life has been just uh, in and out of hospitals. And uh, I guess as I've gotten older, the honest truth is between anxiety, PTSD, and not wanting to be back in a hospital, I made the decision, hey, I'm going to help folks stay healthy, stay happy, and either not go into the hospital or be healthier when they come out, mental health, physical health. So I switched that route from pre-med to, um, yeah, as a personal training with uh, a side of, uh, I speak a bunch of language, linguistics, international relations. I just love people. I want to help people maximize their life and be happy and healthy because I have lost people very close to me and myself been at death's door. And I know what it's like to uh, have a, you know, for lack of a better word, a crappy quality of life and also to wonder if tomorrow's going to come. What a rough, uh, I'm sure that your childhood was wonderful <laughs> yeah. and rough. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's both, it's both people like, oh, you're, you're successful. And, you know, I wish you could have this and that. And I, I want to be like, you all this. I'm like, eh. if you had to go through the things I had to do to get here, I don't think you'd uh, say those same words. So, uh, excitedly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are cut from the same cloth. I'm interested in, in human flourishing and, and helping people to do that. My, my piece of that is money and personal finance. I think that there are so many commonalities and, and through lines because success with money and success with food and moving our bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think we all intellectually understand what we're supposed to be doing, but then the actual application, yeah. there's just huge gulf between those two things. Executing is everything. Everyone knows what to do. Training, everyone's like, oh, I already know this. I know this. I'm like, why haven't you been doing it for one year, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years? You know this, don't you? Yeah. It's so true. We all need a little help and we all have strengths and weaknesses. And yeah, we help each other in our own fields. You and in, in finance, me in health and wellness, people in therapy, people in this, people in that. And that's it's the beauty of this world. If we were all the same person, it'd be very, very boring. It would be. It would be boring. That would be horribly boring. I would be interested in that. So getting people to actually, I, I talk about literacy being what I know and then wellness, what I actually do. How do you, how, how does, how does your process work? You have to figure out if somebody knows the stuff, if they actually say it, and then how do we get them to actually do it? Yeah. So for me, everything begins with what I call the date. Um, in, in personal training lingo, they call it the par queue or all these different things. Basically it's where you're getting to know like the, the background of somebody, what's your health, wellness, injury. Um, are you cleared from your doctor? All this, you know, but I like to take the personal aspect of personal training really important. So I, I'm currently on a tirade uh, railing against AI and chat GPT taking over. Everyone. I'm like, everyone's like, is it taking over your job or this? And I'm like, 
No one has a personal connection with a robot. Telling ChatGPT to give you the perfect workout on paper, it's not going to make you go do it. I'm, I'm not threatened at all because people want a human being asking how their day's going, if they did it, what they're doing. So that's my whole philosophy. So me, ironically, I, I'm all about not what's the best, not what's optimal. I'm, I'm also kind of on this uh, other tirade against this optimization culture because that applies to the 1%, the people who are already sleeping eight hours, working out five days a week, eating healthy, doing this. Newsflash, that is not the majority. It's not even close to the majority of America, let alone the world. So I think about what's digestible. Can I get you to eat mostly healthy every day? Can you not go to McDonald's or not have alcohol or not have Coke today? And then can we get you moving for 30 minutes today? So that's, I start all my clients off 30 days of movement a day and eating generally healthy. And at first, I actually don't make them eat healthy stuff. I make them stop eating the crappy stuff. We do that for a week. All right, cool. Let's add this. Let's add this. And rather than just giving them a perfect on paper plan on day one of here's your vision board, here's your goal for the year, here's them like, you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to text you at the end of the day. And if I don't hear from you first, I'm going to follow up 24 hours later. And did you eat healthy today? Did you move? Did you walk for 30 minutes? And so I'm all about building habits like uh, atomic habits, the James Clear style. So standardize before you optimize. Let's get you healthy. Let's get you walking, eating less crap. And then we'll add strength training exercise one and do this. And I want people to check off small wins like, oh, I did this today and feel good. I did this today. I feel good. Hey, Phil, guess what? I did my three workouts this week, 30 minutes, three days a week. All right, let's go to four days a week. Let's go to five days a week. So I try to meet people where they're at and actually get them to where they're going rather than saying, hey, you're you're living a pretty crappy life and you're failing and this is what you're not living up to. And here's the 20 things Andrew Huberman said you should be doing and you're doing zero of them. Um, you need to change that tomorrow. Do all 20. I don't think that's helping anyone. I think the knowledge is incredible. I love Andrew Huberman, but his stuff applies to me. I'm the 1% who's been doing this my whole life. It doesn't apply to the vast majority of busy parents, professionals, people just trying to work two jobs, pay their bills, maybe date or keep a marriage together or raise their kids. And they're just like, I just want to not die and be a little less fat. I just want to have some confidence. So that's where I jump in. That's I get I, I get my fulfillment on helping people actually measurably increase the quality of life, not if they have a six-pack or not. You're telling me that AI can't do that. <laughs> like, ah, oh, dang. So what I'm hearing is... <laughs> I think that that makes, uh, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I, you can give somebody just the perfect plan based on David Goggins meets Andrew Huberman and the chances that they're going to follow through on it are very, very, very slim. So instead of doing that, let's just stop doing the really, really super destructive stuff and just get moving for 30 minutes a day. That's manageable for everybody. Everybody. Absolutely. And even, you know, I have a client, she has a very demanding schedule. Um, some teenagers with mental health issues that her, her children, she got this. So we even break it up every hour. She goes for a five minute walk during her work day so that by the time her work day of eight hours is done, she's done 40 minutes of walking. So even if she does nothing else in that day, if she doesn't have time before or after work because of the kids and stuff, at minimum, she's done 40 minutes of cardio mixed into her work day. And then if she has extra time, she has a 25 minute home workout she can do with just dumbbells at home. I make it so that everybody can find time to work out. 
And that's what it is. We don't want to exclude anybody. If you have a hard life, you're not going to be the person watching some TikTok gym bro do an hour and a half thing on like, how can we, you know, whatever this, that, that doesn't matter. It's it, again, we glorify the 1%, but the, everybody, even most people watching that are never going to be that guy or girl. Uh, sure. You can, you can admire the body. You can get a little inspiration, but the application is you're not doing what they're doing. You need something for your level. Um, even for me, I don't do half the crap on the internet. It's just, it's all marketing. It's all just people trying to make you get a view count on social media. So I think that's important. People realizing that you're always being sold something, even if you're not being, if you're not being paid or you're not paying, um, you're still being sold to social media is marketing. Totally agree. We want, and this is me too. I'm sure it's you too. I would rather have things faster or when I want something, I want it now. Mm -hmm. And doing the things you just described, walking for five minutes every hour, 40 minutes a day, cutting out the really damaging crap that we put into our mouths, that will get you results. Not today, but it absolutely will. How do you help people that sort of get their brain around? It's just going to take time. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a really big guy on metrics. I do. It's funny. On the one side, I'm talking about feeling better doing this, but then I'll tell the people, hey, you're paying me X amount of dollars, whether it's my online clients all around the world. I have clients in Dubai and Norway and Australia. It's cool. Uh, and then in person in Atlanta, where I live, I don't force people to do the same metrics that I want, but I, I pick four categories, right? So they're checking the scale weight. They're checking their body fat percentage. They're tracking their calories and macros, and they're tracking their weights in the gym. So I tell everybody when we start out, I want you to pick two out of the four. Um, and not to sound sexist, but just statistically speaking, about 70% of women that I train, they don't want to check the scale. Uh, and I get why. I'm like, if it's going to mess with you, don't. Okay. So that takes that out. So I'm like, okay, well, let's take measurements of your body instead. So they'll tips to this. And they're like, you know, and I'll, I'll track the weights in the gym because I want to know that I'm getting stronger. And so they report that data to me. Now I know the connection between those things. So as I see the inches go down, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell them to mess with their brain, but when they've lost an inch from their hips and half an inch from their chest and two, three quarters inch here, I know when they're about five pounds, 10 pounds, 12 pounds, 14 pounds, like there's a certain range. So I can be like, Hey, you're doing great. And if things aren't changing or if the strength isn't going up. So I think it's important to, to have metrics because if you're just doing something arbitrarily, you get to the end of a 12 week program or six months, like how do you compare the before and after? Because what, what happens a lot of times is clients, they won't necessarily feel that different because that's their own mind. That's their negativity, their dysmorphia talking something. But then if you have, I mean, I had one woman who she's like, I, I changed 10 pounds, but I don't feel it. The before and after photos were stunning. She's like, holy crap. I can't like, I didn't, I didn't think, well, it was sad and amazing. I didn't think I looked that bad, which kind of broke my heart a little bit. And then, wow, look at me now. And I'm like, yeah, that's 10 pounds on the scale. But realistically, she probably lost 15 pounds of body fat and gained five pounds of muscle. So her body looks and performs differently. More important, she plays with the kids. She can do a chin up for the first time in her life at 42. So I like metrics. I like tracking because on days where you feel like crap and your inner voice or your mental health is just saying, nah, you're not good enough, not enough. The numbers, which don't lie and have no feelings, tell you you're kicking ass. 
So I think it's important to track because it will tell you the truth, even when you're not feeling like it might be there. It you can't you can't deny it. I love it. That makes a ton of sense. Your, for lack of a better term, your why is extremely powerful, born out of horrible pain and suffering and stuff like that. Other people, maybe they know somebody who got sick. They, they themselves had a heart attack or whatever that causes them to move and change. For folks who are just interested in getting healthy, how do you, how do you think about that? How do you help them figure out what is going to pull them or push them to do the things that they need to do consistently? Yeah, I think one thing, so I don't work in finance or anything, but I do, um, I worked for three weeks for Thomson Reuters and I do have an MBA. I tried the career path, um, very quickly quit and realized that did not bring me joy, but I'm grateful I have that learning and that background in finance. So I treat it like compound interest, right? So it's just an absolute fact. Like if you invest $100 a month starting at 15, holy crap, you'll be a millionaire by the time you're 65, 25, great, 35. But every year, let alone five years, let alone decade, every year, that compound interest, because it's all like, no, 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 no. And then towards the end, like that exponential growth, it increases because the number is so big. Okay, so in health, it's very much the same way. The earlier you start, you're not, you're not 70 trying to now combat diabetes, high cholesterol, and your second heart attack, right? If you start at 20, well, guess what? Your triglycerides and your cholesterol never get high enough to cause the blockage. And your blood pressure is never enough issue to require the medication, which also saves your life but has this side effect X about the neuropathy or the hands and knee, you know, the pins and needles in your hands and feet or so if you don't have a problem today, that's awesome. I'm, I'm genuinely stoked for you. I don't have a problem today, but everybody will have health problems at some point and the mental and the physical are inextricably linked. So it might start with pre-diabetes or high blood pressure, or it might start with just being a little out of shape, overweight and realizing you're, knees and lower back hurt and you can't play with kids and you're going to be a parent for the first time like holy crap or a grandparent and it doesn't matter why but your body and your mind give you signals it might start with anxiety or some depression like i've never had this in my whole life it's all connected right and that's your body saying we need to change so rather than get there and go to the doctor when you're sick and dying which is what all of us do help help er er it's there we'll help you no questions asked but there is a way to lessen the chance you get there at all in the first place, or to get you there when you have uh, a cold or the flu on day one, instead of being on a ventilator with COVID on day eight because you had 10 comor comorbidities, right? So I kind of explain it to my clients that way or anyone that your body's the bank and the earlier you start investing, the more your health is gonna grow. It guarantees nothing. Um, my father passed away from lung cancer and he never smoked or drank a day in his life. He was a bodybuilder and a runner. He was 46, total freak disease. I had leukemia, different cancers, no relation. However, however, the doctors diagnosed it at stage four. It was metastasized everywhere. They said they couldn't believe he was not dead and they gave him three weeks to live. And he told the whole family, I'm gonna make it one more birthday for each of the four kids. He made it through all four and died the day after the last birthday of my sister, oh my just sheer sheer willpower and body power, but he could do that. He could hold on because he was so fit going into it. Um, and it's almost like we joke, we're like, yeah, yeah, that we should make a Disney movie for dad, but it's true. That's exactly how it went down. 
uh, vivid memory. Him, he sat down, told us all, we're like, what's happening? He said, told me I have three weeks to live. Doctors are wrong. I'll make it a year. One birthday, more kid. Next day, coma dead. You know, I can, we can smile about it now with the family, but there's no way he could have done that at all. If, um, and guess what? 46 also, he had the foresight to start his life insurance at 25. The only reason we went to college and had a life and my mom was okay is because he got the payout of whatever, you know, $2 million because he was so healthy, he never had an issue, you know, like everything as absolutely crappy as it was worked out for the best because he was a physically and financially responsible guy. So he's always our role model. Like all of us siblings like, oh man, like, wow, like no one does that. Who did that? Like dad was such a responsible and like, he never knew, he didn't think he was going to get sick and get cancer and everything that can go wrong did go wrong for him. But because he did the right things, he taught all of us how to have a good life and took care of us after. It's pretty crazy what he did. Incredible guy. Yeah. So that's, yeah, all, all four of us. I'm, I'm the baby of four siblings. We're all fitness freaks. Um, and we're all trying our best to, to balance being present and doing fun stuff in life because you never know when it's going to end, truthfully. And also be responsible because it might last a really long time and you don't want to be old and working at 85. <laughs> mm. So we, we try to toe that line between uh, responsibility and hedonism. Amen. It's a weird problem to think about. Yeah. Obviously <laughs> rough to die before you're supposed to, but then it's also rough to live a lot longer than, than, than you expect. So it's wise yeah. and prudent like your dad to plan for both. So. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, George. Um, everything is trained by Phil. So trainedbyphil.com. I'm way more responsive on Instagram. So at trainedbyphil. I do Q&As every Monday. So you can ask whatever you want. I make videos, answer questions. I do online training, complete with nutrition, workouts, everything all around the world. Uh, couple training, group training. So I have a lot of online options. And more than anything, um, yeah, I just love community engagement. I love the question and answer. I want to help be uh, a force for good. More than anything, to cut through the BS of all the stuff out there where you're like, what about this, this, this? I want to simplify. Okay, what are the actual takeaways? So, yeah, come find me at Train by Phil. Can't wait to see you guys there. Love it. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Phil your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to trainedbyphil.com. Check out everything he's working on and then follow him on Instagram at trainedbyphil and take advantage of all the help that he is spreading out into the world. And like we all need to start moving closer to that version of ourselves that we truly want to be. Thanks again, Phil. Exactly. Thank you so much. See ya. Until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.